welcome back to the Antidote Club podcast. We are kicking off season four. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. My name is Tamsin and I'm here with my co-host Gillian. And yeah, just want to uh, kind of dive into what we're going to be talking about in season four because we've got some really exciting stuff coming up. If you listen to the last episode of season three, you'll know we're going to be starting a Patreon um, and that is coming in the new year. And we are just finalizing the details of that now. But that is something very new for us. And it's going to be a great way for you to get some really exclusive content from like behind the scenes and exclusive episodes and all sorts of stuff is coming. Um, and we've got some amazing guests lined up already, some of which we've already recorded. And it's just going to be like brilliant for like anyone who is wanted to dive in further to the anti-diet work. And today is no exception. We are going to be diving into um, fat phobic families in this episode. We wanted to cover more about how to cope during this time of year when you've got things like Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and lots of family gatherings um, that involve food and quite often involve food and body talk that maybe you are actually trying to move away from. Um, so, but before we dive into that episode, I'm going to talk about what's coming up for us in our coaching practice, right? Yeah, I think a lot of the um, questions that we've had from listeners is, um, I think there's this assumption that we run a company together, right? And we don't, we run a podcast together, but we have our separate um, businesses and you can learn how to work with us both in the show notes. Uh, but we both have some super exciting stuff coming up. Um, I think it's the time of year that we both get a little bit, I mean, I, I'm speaking on your behalf here, but like, <laughs> I think we both get kind of riled up at this time of year, right? Because you can start to see already the tension. And today's episode is no except it, it like really speaks to that, right? The tension that starts to build around food, around bodies, around those conversations. Um, and um, as we talk a lot about consumerism, how that starts to like put us on this roller coaster, roller coaster of like luxury and quote unquote indulgence and build us up for this um, kind of uh, like mass diet culture injection in January. So we um, we get riled up at this time of year and, and, and feel super passionate about um, offering some things, particularly for people that maybe um, are podcast listeners and um aren't necessarily in a position to um, be coached one-to-one or join a group coaching program. Uh, Tams and I both offer loads of free stuff and we've got some exciting things coming up. So um, when you, I think when you listen to this episode, um, my masterclass that I'm going to be doing is probably about a week out, which is Thursday the 24th of November, which I realize is Thanksgiving for you folks in um, the US, which I think is the majority of our podcast listeners at this point. Um, so this might be an hour that you want to take away to escape from um, your family, your friends, diet talk, body talk, and join me for an hour. It's 7 p.m. GMT. Um, so make sure that you remember the time difference. And my masterclass is free. It's called How Not to Hate Your Body. And it's going to be a one hour session. And I'm going to take you through my seven step framework to overcoming body shame and to find acceptance in your body without the condition of shrinking, right? Um, this is the, the seven step framework that I work with in uh, my one-to-one -one practice with clients. 
and there's going to be a Q&A afterwards. And if you can't make it, if you are going to be around the table eating turkey at that time, then uh, you can still sign up and you will be emailed the recording. So if you're interested in that, there's going to be a link in the show notes at how you can do it. It's just my website, jillianmccollum.com forward slash masterclass, and you can sign up for it and you will be sent the Zoom link. So super excited about that. Tamsin, what do you have on the cards? Yeah, thanks, Gillian. Um, So uh, similar to you, I do get riled up this time of year. And what really kind of gets to me this time of year is the confusion about intuitive eating. I'm seeing so many um, adverts out there for what is labeled intuitive eating and listening to your body, but it's being sold as a weight loss tool. And I want to demystify all of this stuff that you don't get caught out this time of year. And I'm providing a free webinar it's actually on the 18th of November, which I think is tomorrow, if you're listening to this episode, when actually it might even be the day of the episode. So it might be a bit late for you to join, but you can you can sign up and you'll get the replay exactly as Gillian said. So the 18th of November at 1 p.m. UK time. Um, and I'm going to be diving into like how to start intuitive eating and how to not get tripped up with either diet culture noise or previous like diet culture thoughts that you might be having around food. It's called intuitive eating and rejecting diet culture. And it's going to do exactly that. I'm just going to cut through all the nonsense. I don't I hate when like people kind of get you know, duped into thinking that something is going to be giving them this like dream weight loss. And what I want to do is dive into like all the things you're going to come up against so that you kind of go into it, especially if you're starting this like now on December and the new year, and you're thinking about healing your relationship with food. I want to provide that space for people to really know what to expect, because I know from my own experience, and I know from clients' experience, that when you come into this work, it can often be really disorientating because you're coming in with all those diet culture thoughts. Um, So I want to break all that down and make it super simple for you to start off and give you kind of like more um, knowledge so that you can go into it not feeling like you are wondering why this is happening, why that's happening. Um, Mm. I'm going to cover all of that and probably more. And there's going to be Q&A as well. Um, But yeah, if you if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, it's too late to join the live session, don't worry, just just um, do do the sign up and you'll get the uh, the recording straight through to your inbox. That's awesome. What you're offering sounds um, like a great jumping off point, right, for folks. Yeah, thanks. Let's, shall we get on to the episode? Yeah, let's get on to the episode because people are going to need this because I think this is coming out just before Thanksgiving and we've got Christmas coming up and all sorts. So uh, yeah, let's dive in. This week, we are, um, when this episode goes live, it is going to be right on the cusp of Thanksgiving. One of the themes that we talk about a lot um when we are together is around people who have um, fat phobic family members, right? Mm. I mean, this is a year round problem with, with friends. And like, I know you talk about this a lot, like fat phobia within friend circles, but I guess with this episode, we're specifically talking about once we go back to like our family of origin and that we might not see um, consistently throughout the year or might not have seen them for a while and we're kind of dreading it because maybe our body's changed and mm. we, we're going to be back into those conversations around the table about um, food and bodies. 
Yeah. And I think also it's quite often families that aren't ours. It might be, you know, our in-laws, it might be friends. I know that a lot of people will go and, um, you know, they'll join their families together with, Mm -hmm. with friendship groups and, you know, nobody, I think people try to make sure people aren't on their own. And quite often I've heard in other groups where people have said, Oh, I've been invited to my, my friends, but with her family or with his family and I don't know Mm. anyone around the table and I'm not really sure if I'm going to be you know the biggest person in the room the only person who um isn't in steeped in diet culture I don't know what their views are I don't know whether we align and you can't really kind of ask ahead I guess yeah there's lots of situations where this might be difficult which is why we wanted to dive into it yeah, as well as the situations where you absolutely flip and know it's going to be fat yeah, yeah, right. filled with diet culture. Yeah. Like, you know, you just know ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, I think today we wanted to talk about, and we don't, we don't kind of normally do this really. We're, 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 we're mainly about like naming things and like having a lot of understanding and compassion and, um, validating people's experiences on this podcast right which we'll do today but we're going to talk a bit more about strategy because I think um people want something to to do and to think think about that's going to be really Mm -hmm. helpful so um so yeah let's let's kick off and I I think it probably begins from before we actually like when we know it's coming up before we actually get into that situation what Mm. kind of things can we do ahead of time that might be helpful coming into that yeah I think it's you know yeah like you say normally we're talking about naming stuff but not necessarily strategy but I think for this time of year I think it's useful to have a bit of strategy because it can be really exhausting and I had this conversation with a client of mine this week where we she was saying like you know, I actually just get so frustrated every time I hear a fat phobic comment or something that's like really steeped in diet culture or someone's commenting on their food. And I just want to scream and it can be like that. But if you're in that container for maybe a few days, Mm. you know, sharing meals together, that's going to be really, really intense. It's like, how do we protect our energy before we go? How do we kind of put things in place before we get there? How Mm -hmm. do we survive the actual event? And then kind of coming out the other side of it, because you know, and it's not, it's not a one size fits all. So it's just going to be a real take what works for you. And this is just based on what we are, what we've experienced, what our clients have experienced. So hopefully it will help in some way to get through this time of year. And also to add to that list of like, protect, 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 um, a recovery, our healing, right? So for those of you listening to the podcast that are like, you know, trying on for size, how it might feel to separate from diet culture, how it might feel to step into this like um, idea of being more accepting in your body and trying to be more um, kind and nurturing around your relationship with food. It can really derail that when we step into these situations. And, and I actually want to call out, and I and I say this with love and with so much empathy, but what I see and hear in my coaching practice time and time again is fat phobic mothers yes this is not to have a go at mothers it's not to have a like no it's the hardest job in the world right I'm not a mother that's probably why right it, it is a hard job you got a glimpse of it right <laughs> when you came to stay with I me did. I did it's like <laughs> I I don't know how people do it um but what I hear is women my age younger older yeah. even women into you know their their 50s who still have parents 
um, around that still feel like they regress back to being a child when they are mm-hmm. around their parents and they they feel like they have to fall in line they want to meet their approval they want to feel loved and yeah. so much of that we feel like we have to conform to what their expectations are or what their beliefs are around food yeah. and body it's really really hard um and to set boundaries with with mothers right they're so it, mothers are so influ- influential on our understanding around yeah. this. Even when we intellectually can say that's fucked up, we still buy. We still feel ourselves drawn into it. Yeah, um, and it's really, really frustrating. It's it. It's probably one of the biggest things nowadays that I work with clients around, actually, because um, when we talk about like where do these beliefs come from? How do we? Why yeah. do we? Feel- but it points to a lot of the time. It does. And also grandmothers and just mm. kind of that female lead in the family. I think yeah. it, it comes from a lot of those. And uh, I think, you know, you know, where they stand or what, what they've been, their relationship with their body and what they expect yours to be with. But also, I think sometimes, you know, a lot of these stories that we have are, um, you know, as I think Siobhan talked about it in her episode with being taken to, uh, slimming clubs uh, with mm-hmm. with the you know the parent mm-hmm. the caregiver the, the mom mm-hmm. the the grandmother all that kind of stuff and that is quite often a really common story but also if that person has seen you as a dieter whether it started when you were young due to them kind of putting you on a diet mm-hmm. they still know you as a dieter and somebody who is yeah. maybe obsessed with their weight and obsessed with food and yeah. they will keep you know it's undoing that kind of stuff and when they see you changing and doing something different and stepping away from something that they might still be really deep deeply committed to I think that can be really really hard on both sides I think that's mm. really triggering mm. I, I had a client who um her mom would call her every week and ask her what her weight was you know, it's that ingrained, but, you know, but she had always answered that question. This is yeah. new, excuse me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for her to not answer that question and not want to talk about it. So it's the mother's like, well, hang on, this is what I always ask you. This is yeah, just what yeah. I always ask you. And when you, tr- when you start to maybe like um, put boundaries in place or your identity starts to kind of shift away from that, the fat phobic influencer can double down yeah right because it triggers it it tri- when when essentially when you set a boundary or or you you start to kind of try to neutralize or not answer the questions mm. even if you if you don't address it overtly there's this kind of like um feeling brought up by the people who have committed their life to diet culture right and mm. and and I, i've said this before but it's like People don't like to hear that it's all been for nothing. People don't like to hear that the person that they have like birthed and raised are finding their own identity and it's different from theirs. Yeah. And it and it so it makes people double down and probe and ask more questions. And and for somebody who's new in recovery or new to this work, it can be really triggering. I hear all the time from folks like, I don't have the language. I don't really, I, I don't feel like I understand enough or can yeah. articulate well enough what this work is. 
I've had people come to the end of my eight-week group programs and being like, how do I even begin to explain to somebody what we've been doing for the last yeah, eight weeks? Because it's entirely anti-cultural, right? It's yeah. a message that, you know, I think when you're inside diet culture, and I think if if I look back to when I was inside diet culture, deeply inside it, if you'd have talked to me about not doing it, that all I would have heard is, giving up on myself, mm-hmm. letting go of myself and, and allowing myself to be something that I had feared being. And how would that be healthy or good? You know, and it's this, you get the concern trolling, don't you? I'm just worried about your health. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried about this. I'm just worried about that. And it's, I think also there's the bonding as well. If you have gone to slimming clubs together, if you have swapped recipes every you know, year, if you have been the ones around the table who have had a separate meal and that isn't you know, cooked with all the oils and all the, the, the things that everybody else is having, it can be that loss of that connection and yeah. knowing what to put in place because you haven't had to try and put anything else in place. It's not that you haven't got anything in common. It's just that that has been the thing for maybe decades. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And what I hear a lot from clients is, and I've experienced this truthfully, it's like the realization of I can't have the kind of relationship that I really want with my mother or my aunt or my grandmother or whoever it is or my friend because this is probably always going to be in their life and they need to come to this on their own terms like we I'm not into this idea of like pushing health at every size or pushing anti-diet on other people like I hate stuff being pushed on me I will yeah. probably run in the other direction if somebody tries to push something on me um so people have to come to it in their own time but there is a real um I think often when I speak to clients it starts off with this like as you say frustration and anger and and then Mm. it moves into just actually what I feel because like anger is second emotion right it's it's there's always stuff underneath it and when you peel that back it's like what's the emotions and I think a lot of the time it's sadness and disappointment that um we are that we can kind of see our parents clearly as like flawed people in the nicest possible way and has has kind of indoctrinated us into this world that we now don't want to be part of and it just feels really sad that we can't have that bonding as you say and connection um through through that thing anymore Mm. and um that's really hard it is grief to to kind of be like okay well I'm not going to have that relationship it is grief and I also think there's a lot there's another layer above maybe the food and body image stuff. And that I think for me is the tougher part is the kind of you realize um, once you start learning about systems of oppression and all the other systemic issues that kind of are intertwined and how diet culture is reinforced, you actually realize that it's a lot more than your um, your viewpoints on food and body that differ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's challenging too. That's yeah. probably, I think just speaking from real personal experience, that is probably more of the, the challenging part because you realize, you, you know, you start to unearth the stuff you really care about and the stuff that really matters. Mm-hmm. And you realize that quite often there's people in your life, people in your family, people, in your, you know, that whoever it is that you are connected to that we are talking about in this situation, mm-hmm. you are not aligned yeah. and you are very far removed. And actually you, you know, I, it's, it's so difficult. This might have to, this might have to be a, another conversation for another day, but there was, there's like things that are said, like, um, 
you know like I've had that question of like well how do you come to this idea that you know the BMI is racist like I haven't just come to this idea it's like I I have unpacked my own stuff and I have read some stuff and I've understood some stuff in a different way and I've and I've and I've opened you open up your you're you're more receptive to understanding stuff and looking at it from a different way and questioning stuff like well why Mm. do we think that Mm. you know why do we think that men should eat have larger portions of food than women like you know there's so much more to it there's so much more that comes out I'm being cautious because you don't want to see maybe uh, there's not like my entire family right now but But, behind the scenes episode um, thank you for naming like this idea that this isn't like these we aren't just like these kind of rogue individuals like who who have decided to like change our mindset around this stuff what you've just named is diet culture is a system of oppression what we're talking about here is actually way up to not just this system of oppression but all systems of oppression and really what you're saying I think is we are this is political bodies are political right what our our worldview is political so once you start to um talk about those things right I I never sat around the dinner table talking about stuff like this with with my parents right at all now I would love to. Now, like, I'm so intrigued as to, like, how all these different, like, um, systemic fat phobia and, and everything else, like, influences so much of our, our culture, right? But then you get into, you do get into talking about things like the environmental crisis, right? Climate change. Yep. You start getting into um, gender stuff, yep. right? Um, you start getting into sexuality. Yeah. You start getting into like start getting racism, into, like, ableism. You're going into yeah, all of it, po- and, like poverty. Who's in power? All of yeah. it. And if you've never been having those conversations with your family members, if actually you've only ever really had surface level conversations with them about food, about bodies, yeah. about the kind of whether they went to little little sainsbury's today, you, you it's going to be hard. Like that's always yeah. going to be a hard thing to do. So it's yeah, and they'll they'll see that change and it might make them feel uncomfortable. And it, yeah, I know we're diving down a rabbit hole, but I I just think it's really important that we talk about that like beyond what what's being served at the dinner table because it's way more than that oh it's way more than that for sure um we said we were going to talk about strategy and we yeah. haven't started timing this episode as we never do so <laughs> let's time. crack on yeah and, okay and, and, and look at strategy I think the first thing that comes to mind in terms of planning ahead is actually thinking like how much time is doable right like I think a lot of the time parents or whatever will have this plan and be like so you can arrive on that day and you can leave on that day but actually like thinking like what's doable for me what where can what sort of time scale feels like I can like turn up and be present and and, and yeah. engage and um it not feel like you know I I'm in the danger zone for too long yeah and also exhausting your energy and depleting yourself because you know if it's not filling your cup if there's an element of it it's it's more you know I wouldn't want to say duty because I don't think that's fair but I suppose for some people it might feel like that but yeah (laughs) that's kind of the same thing (laughs) yeah I'm just thinking like you know I don't want it to be all doom and gloom because you might really be looking forward to it Mm. and you might not mind spending time there at all but 
um, even if you do, I think it is worth knowing what is your limit so that you yeah. don't end up in um, the point where you just can't wait. You're counting down the hours and minutes until you can leave. You know what is yeah. doable? Yeah. Um, yeah. And thinking about that ahead of time, because I think sometimes, especially if you're quite far away from family members who are in that situation, if they are quite fat phobic and quite stuck, stuck in diet culture, when you're in your, you might be in your own bubble, you might have a circle of friends who are all kind of aligned with you. And then you go and step back in and you almost forget. And then you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot because yeah, I yeah. was in my like safety zone in my bubble. And you might have got to the point where you've surrounded yourself with, you know, people who were on board who knew at least understand it from your perspective even if they're not 100% in it themselves yeah they know that that's where you're coming from and they know what is okay to talk about and what isn't yeah it's like really kind of start thinking about that before you go because it'll creep up and then it'll be like oh gosh you know why did I say I was going to go for five days when actually really I know that three is my limit or and similarly if you're the host right not just if you're a visitor but if you're a host like what Uh, how like trying to be really really firm and set that boundary and say actually like three days is 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 doable for me rather than five um and then the the next thing I think is like where can you find an ally in that space yeah so um sometimes like um I hear people saying like I'm taking a friend as a buffer right (laughs) even if it's just for a dinner with like parents I'm I'm roping in a friend um Mm. to just be that just to be, be that buffer or what it might mean is if you have a partner and I think maybe we actually could do a whole episode on um I, 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 people have actually written to us and, a, and asked us to do this about like how do I get my partner um, on side or just understanding or respectful of this work right mm. so that's another episode but let's just let's go on the assumption that your partner might not fully understand or might not fully be on board but they're definitely respectful of your decisions they want to be supportive of this um, kind of new path that you're exploring can mm. you use them as an ally um, so that they can kind of step in if you're feeling like you're really being kind of targeted or there's like some comments coming your way can you mm. get a partner on site to to intercept or even just be the person behind the scenes to support you right yeah because if you're sat around the table or you're in somebody's house or they're in your house and you know we, we've talked about this in, in a medical situation it's kind of separate but when somebody when you are being targeted when or when you know they feel the conversation is kind of really focused on you we always think like oh I, I'm gonna say this so I'm gonna say that quite often we say nothing quite often oh, yeah. it's just like zilch and totally. I know we've had that conversation before yeah. a few times between the two of us and so having someone there whether it's your partner you know I, I have this conversation with my husband before we go anywhere like if we start diving down to this can you just like steer it away because one I don't want to be rude either if it's not my family if it's his side of the family mm-hmm. or whatever yeah that's um, right but also don't want to always be the bad guy or always be the one who's sensitive out on their fat phobia or try yeah being sensitive whatever it might yeah. be you can feel uncomfortable and quite often that freeze you know that real kind of rabbit in the headlights it's so mm-hmm. it's so normal to feel like that but totally. having someone there who's on side even a sibling or 
a fa- another family member who's going who maybe suffers under the same scrutiny that maybe you can yeah. kind of like collude together I mean obviously we don't know everyone's family dynamics just throwing out ideas out there but maybe start thinking about that before yeah. you go before they yeah. come before they arrive or whatever happens yeah who who can you get on side yeah. those conversations beforehand is yeah. so helpful just because sometimes our partners like don't especially if they're not like deep in this work they sometimes maybe think that some comments are oh god really like that that's not very harmful that they're they're just having a laugh they're just joking about but it's like you're you're absolutely right when you when you when you start to feel shame it's it mutes you yeah right your heart's racing you're just like oh my god I feel like you know just in their eyes you know a disappointment a failure Mm -hmm. Um, my body's you know a, a, a bad body all of that kind of thing and we start to like lose that that like anti-diet warrior inside us yeah. and we start to just sink into that like feeling of shame yeah. so yeah if we can have somebody else on side I think that's really um helpful and also like and again this might sound really obvious but like how are you going to take care of yourself yeah during it and this do you know what this extends way beyond food and body stuff this is just like being in someone else's house or hosting someone being around people for like four or five days I find that exhausting truthfully it doesn't matter if there's diet talk on the table or not but especially if there's if you're dealing with a fat phobic mother or family member who is like side glancing how much food you're putting on your plate who's making a snide comment if you between meals go into the kitchen and want a snack the type of snack whatever it is any kind of those like really sly under the radar kind of comments it's exhausting how do you take care of yourself you're the queen of self-care what would you suggest definitely going out honestly going out having a walk having the dog oh, I need to walk the dog. It's like, it's just been a game changer. Yeah. That dog has just saved me. But no, I think, um, yeah, getting out, go out for a walk, you know, and and don't feel obliged to like invite everybody because that can be exhausting as well. You've tried to go for a family walk when everybody's trying to, oh my gosh, honestly, like it's so hard. But yeah, getting out, but also just, I mean... <sighs> go and read a book go and listen to a podcast put ours on you know come and come and listen Mm -hmm. to some anti-diet stuff you know get another one or find um audible you know some of the um audible books you know especially like anti-diet books that I've listened to are so much better on audible because you really kind of understand like how they want you to hear it like I love having something in your ear yeah yeah. something like that just taking like a few minutes to yourself take an extra 10 minutes in the shower take an extra 10 minutes in the loo like you know yeah you can excuse yourself the amount of times I've gone to the toilet when I don't need the toilet is unbelievable um (laughs) because it just gives you like that moment just to gather your thoughts just to breathe breathe in breathe out recenter yeah and if you if you can really take time if they're used to you kind of saying oh I've just got to pop out and get something like you know if somebody needs some milk volunteer to go to the shop by yourself be the person who does it and it's okay to say yeah it's okay to say I need some alone time I never realized for a long time that it's okay to say 
do you know what I um I mean used to being around people all the time like I just like need some time to myself and yeah. and asking for that is is okay and um having like a friend on the end of the phone right who you can mm-hmm. and sometimes if that fo- if that friend is like not available to talk send them a voice note like yeah. talking to your phone send like we voice, do like exactly voice notes all, all day all long time it's like if yeah. somebody's not available just like this idea of to- yeah. talking it out inventing it to essentially nobody because you're talking into your phone but you are talking to your friend um do that I um all my private clients I offer um whatsapp support in between our sessions and you do too yeah so like quite often I'll get texts or voice notes from clients just saying like you know I know it's like you you know might might you know be able to answer this today um but this is I just need to name what I'm experiencing and for me to get back and just like be that person to validate and be like yeah that's really rough that and and also like the validation part for somebody else to hear what you're going through and say actually that's not okay like that comment that your mom said or that whatever that's not cool that's yeah not okay. you're not being oversensitive you're not being and oversensitive. it's holding that space for somebody and I think you know my top tip if you are going to use voice notes is to um before you or after you've sent the voice note like immediately after write in it you don't need to listen to this urgently unless they do, obviously. Um, and don't listen to this around other people or kids because quite often yeah. I swear and quite often it's a rant. And I sometimes do that with you. If I'm, if it's not something urgent, like about yeah, the podcast, will. about something else, I'll put on there. This is not for now, not urgent. Listen to it when you get a chance, make sure there's no one else around. And that yeah. just gives that person permission because I know some people quite, I mean, I don't do this, but quite often people will think they have to listen to something straight away or they say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't listen to a message straight away. And I think that's fine. You don't need to apologize. Like it's yeah. okay not to be available all the time. Yeah. That's why, like, if you send a voice note especially if it's like Thanksgiving or Christmas or a time when people are with their own families you might feel guilty about encroaching on their time and their time with their family but you're not if you're just leaving them a voice message they can just pick up at any point it's not urgent then it's it's you're you're giving them that permission to not listen to it straight away yeah I'll often um preface it by saying a vent vent incoming warning (laughs) so people know what they're I know I tend to take mine onto um social media like TikTok and stuff like that and uh, and do it it's perfect perfect having social media as part of of work but I think Um, what we're saying is like community is really important so whether you're like part of a Facebook group or yeah even 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 though social media can be like you know problematic even just as you say when you go to the toilet logging on to um Instagram and maybe like going yeah. straight to the accounts that you know yeah. you're going to feel seen you're going to feel um validated you're going it's going to anchor you back into that like sometimes anger right of like yeah, yeah. this is not okay or go not and find the joy i'm telling you honestly tiktok has so much plus size um, you know, fat joy in it. It mm. just lights up my day with people showing off their outfits and, you know, this is what I wear, to, this is what I'm wearing today. And it just makes me smile. I'm just like, yes, there are people with yeah. a stomach, with thighs, with a body, just living and living really, really happy. And yeah. I blimmin' love it. And if I need a little fix, yeah, I'll go and I'll go yeah. and just hang That's out there really for helpful. 10 minutes, literally 10 minutes, and you'll be smiling and you'll be knowing that actually like whatever body size you're in is fine 
is absolutely it's fine. fine. You're not, you're not a problem. You're absolutely no, you're not, not a problem. Your body is not the problem. So if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> in the toilet, when you're like trying to get away from family members, you are not a problem. Your body <laughs> is not a problem. Just play that over and over. I love it. Um, <laughs> the other thing I want to name, because I, I, I think like boundaries is a whole other thing that we need to do a whole other yeah. episode on. But what I want to name where I see people getting tripped up is this feeling of I need to bolster myself enough and I need to get all the I need to like brush up on my almost like elevator pitch of anti-diet of health at every size um of like in defense of like anti-diet or like um you know why the BMI is is trash right I need to like have it all stored up ready to go and it's like I that's a lot of pressure right and given that what we've said is when you're in these situations all that often goes out your brain and you're completely back into this place of like feeling really really vulnerable you do I so you do not have to be the educator, especially when you're new to this work. It's not on you to be the educator. There's there's a big impulse to be like, oh, I've like I've discovered this whole new world and I've learned all these new things. And like, if only this person knew about it, right? Then there's this urgency to kind of get people on side, get their buy-in. Yeah. And that is exhausting. It's a lot of work. As I said earlier, people come to this in their own time. You can't really educate someone without their permission, right? Yeah. Um, and when you try and do that, people can get prickly and defensive and it can come back at you. And it yeah. can actually make you feel worse because uh-huh they've doubled down on it I have done that and it it has and I and I learned very quickly and yeah. I you know um you just think once you're seeing you know the freedom of it and the the benefits of it you it there's there is an urgency you want to you want to get people mm-hmm. on board and you think if I just tell them this thing they they might just get it and then we can just stop having this conversation they'll be more interested it just yeah like you say it backfires quite often yeah and it's not your job and also I think sometimes we can get a little bit sort of feeling like we need to be all up in the stats and the history and this and that and that's quite hard to remember if it's not something you naturally remember I'm not really naturally good with things like that um so I steer clear of doing that like that mm-hmm. in the moment I'm just going to end up looking like I don't know what I'm talking about because yeah I don't hold that information. Just kind of bring it back to your own experience. And if you need to say something, what you can say is something very simple, such as, I find that when I focus on my body and food, it beca- it causes more problems than it solves. And actually, yeah. I'm just trying to take a break from or trying to have a better relationship with food. Just something very simple, mm-hmm. you know, because, and I come back to this a lot, I think it's sometimes a shock for people to find out that you weren't enjoying restricting your food. I know it was such a shock for my husband when I told him the actual, the actual reality of what dieting was like for me, because I hid it so well. I wanted to make it look easy. That was just part of the the facade. That was part of the, the thing. He had zero idea and helping him understand that that was actually quite traumatic, quite painful and caused more problems than it solved he got it you know and and was able to understand it at that point I don't think we need to um feel that we have to do anything beyond that 
there's one other thing I want to draw attention to. I know we didn't talk about this in terms of what we were going to discuss today, but it's on the same theme. Don't feel like you have to justify how you eat or how healthy you are. I see people do this all the time. They just want to scream from the inside, but I still go to the gym. I still exercise. I eat salad sometimes. I actually crave it. And you feel like you want to shout it and you feel like you want to prove that you haven't just given up on yourself, that you haven't let yourself go. Save your energy. Save your energy. I promise you. You don't owe anyone that explanation. I just wanted to drop that in on. Yeah, that's really, that's really helpful. Like, absolutely. We're not just to reiterate it's not your job to get their buy-in or to make them understand what you're actually asking for when you say one of these things as you say like actually can we not talk about bodies or can we not talk about food what you're doing is you're just asking for somebody's respect you're not trying to get their buy-in you're not trying to get them to understand you're just saying this isn't helpful for me right now yeah could you respect that that's it and sometimes people are going to ask questions about that well why you were always the dieter what's changed right yeah and it's easy to get dragged into those conversations and 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 really like just try and not go there um especially if you're new to this work um you don't want to cause a rupture around the christmas table or the thanksgiving table right just try and say um yeah, I'm just finding like I'm taking a break from focusing on that. I'm finding it more distressing than helpful. Um, c- can we not talk about it? And then as soon as somebody's like, but why? But why? Like, but how? What's changed? It's like, we're talking about it. Can we not talk about it? Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe those discussions happen later, a, a, a less kind of one to one, less maybe, of an occasion. Got, yeah, so many people on the table. Yeah, yeah definitely. Exactly. Um, so is that everything we want to chat so I think so I think there's quite a lot of information I think you know we're always here if you want to fire us a question you can do that through the Instagram handle and we pretty much answer every single one so you know um unless you're coming to us with um dieting stuff that we get a lot (laughs) did you see that email that I sent recently (laughs) hang on I'm gonna Sorry, just <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we, we do get a bit of that, so don't we? Emails of people wanting to come on as a guest, and then we look at their bio, and it's like they're anti diet, but they're selling weight loss. Yeah. So um, we don't answer those. We well, I did answer things quite heavily, to say <laughs> the least, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. But try no, and have I a great. That's... Try and have yeah, a great sorry. time. Um, if you are, um, yeah, going to families or friends, like as as Tamsin said like there is so much joy to be had so hopefully you can lean into that and um mm-hmm. yeah we will see you on the next episode if this has been helpful for you what we would absolutely love in return is for you to um review the podcast or even yeah. like click the five star thing you don't even have to type a comment we love comments but just hit the five star thing it helps other people find the podcast um which is so great and exciting for us um and hopefully helps other people and find us on instagram and is that everything I think so. Yeah. If you want to work with us, you can uh, find all our details in the show notes. Um, we're both anti-diet coaches. Um, we have various different programs like separately going on and free webinars and all sorts of stuff. So go check us out and come and find us if you need further support. All right. I'll catch you next time.